Hello, and welcome to I Watch This As An Adult, the podcast where I review movies from my childhood from an adult perspective. And this week, we'll be reviewing 1992's Boomerang. Hello and welcome to the show. Today we're going to be talking about Boomerang. This will be the final installment of Black Love Month, even though we're, uh, what are we doing? We're recording this on March 1st. No. <laughs> we had a little, we tried to do the show yesterday. We had a little, we had a little difficulty doing the show. We couldn't really get to it. And that, uh, really that difficulty is called, uh, raising a four-year-old, you know, <laughs> so, so like with both of us doing this podcast, one of us has to be with her. So, <laughs> you know, like when you got, like when you got a kid, it's really hard to do this shit. Let's just say that. Usually I do this by myself. Uh, Shauna's watching, watching the kid. So, so like we gotta, we, we gotta wait at odd, at odd hours and wait till she sleep or you know, something like that, so we can, uh, do this show, so, like, sorry, we, we, we got, we, we got, we got, we got a kid to raise, so, like, it was kind of hard to do the show yesterday, so, right. <laughs> so, like, we're, 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 we're doing it right now, uh, while she's, while she is, uh, asleep, I hope, but, uh, I hope too, but, uh, <laughs> so if you're a child, um, then that's her, but anyway, uh, <laughs> But yeah, and then we were then then we got uh, caught up talking about uh, Chevelle, the the rock band Chevelle, and talking about how much we like that band, and talking about how much they 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 don't have a a bad album or whatever the fuck, you know. So like a lot of a lot a lot of important shit, you know. <laughs> but anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah, this is the last installment of Black Love Month. This is the last time you're gonna be seeing Shauna until or hearing Shauna's lovely voice. Uh, until oh, thank you, yes, until we uh do this again or uh, horror month, uh, October. Oh, you know, like I, I usually bring you back for October because you're a huge horror fan, yes, I am, you know, so I usually bring you back for that. So that's probably the last time the next time you see her is in October or hear her is in October. I keep forgetting that this is uh not visual, this is audio, so uh. <laughs> <laughs> I keep forgetting that shit. Yeah. But uh yeah. Let's get in uh WandaVision. We watched the WandaVision again. Yes. Uh, episode eight of WandaVision. Yes. Um What did you think of it? The last one? Yeah, episode eight. Episode eight. Um uh, I think man. I don't know what to think of it. I'm going to tell you what I think. I this one was kind of the... Other than episode one. Mm-hmm. Maybe episode... Other than episode two. Episode one's good. Other than episode two, I think it was kind of like the weakest episode. That's probably what it was. To be like... Uh, this this one and episode two. Episode... Because episode two is like, oh, Vision gets drunk and becomes a magician. You know? <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> You know, like, right. I was like, that, that one was kind of, that one was kind of dry. Yeah. Episode two where Vision got drunk and became a, ma- and became a magician. Right. <laughs> I didn't like that one too much, but this one, I mean, like, even though this one had a lot of backstory, mm-hmm. you know, it started off, it started off, this is like one of the most different things that Marvel's done. I want to say this episode because like it started off. With the with the with like witches, you know, uh, we found out uh, Agatha. We found out uh, that uh, Agnes is Agatha Harkness last episode, mm-hmm. and then kind of, we kind of got her origin story a little bit, right. you know, about how she they were talking about her. She betrayed her covenant back in like 1867 or some shit, right. <laughs> and uh, and she like she pretty much like obliterated her whole covenant. Yeah, it took all their power, pretty right. much. Right, and so we got we got a little bit of that, but other than that, it was just Agatha just kind of being a guide for Wanda mm-hmm. the whole episode. Like they did not they didn't have a drag out like magic fight. 
Mm-mm. or anything like that. It was mm-hmm. just like Agatha showing Wanda her past. It was pretty much like an origin. It was like pretty much like the origin episode. For both of them, I guess. Yeah, it was an origin episode. You got a little bit of uh, Agatha's origin. You got uh, Wanda's origin. Uh, her growing up in uh, Skako- uh, Stokovia. Uh, great attention to detail on that Sokovia shit, though. Yeah. I, had to, I had to give it that. Where her and uh, Pedro were uh, in Sokovia and because like they talked about this in Age of Ultron, I don't know. I don't know if you. Ever, I don't know if you remember that. Because like they talked about it, but now they're showing you mm-hmm. what happened. Where um, because like uh, Scarlet Witch Wanda, mm-hmm. Wanda, she's not the Scarlet Witch yet. Uh, Wanda talked about how uh, a bomb went through their uh d- went through their uh house, mm-hmm. and uh it sat there and it was defective. And she, cause like she was talking about, we waited for two days for Tony Stark to kill us. Mm-hmm. You know, you remember that? And uh, and they they showed that, like you you visually saw that shit in this episode, mm-hmm. where like the 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 bomb, the missile comes through, the 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 window blows. I ain't gonna lie, that that, that, that explosion caught me off guard, man. Yeah, it did. Scared shit out of me. I ain't gonna lie. I know it just happened. Yeah, that explosion kind of scared the shit out of me, and uh, like the parents died, and then like her and Pedro were hiding under the uh, hiding under the bed, and like they were just looking at the uh, looking at the the bomb that said uh, Stark Industries, <laughs> and it never blew up. You know, like I love that because I told you I was like, dude, that's fucking attention to detail, man. I was like, this is why I fucking love Marvel. I fucking love Kevin Feige <laughs> cause like these motherfuckers like you gotta watch every you gotta watch everything that they do cause like you can't miss one fucking thing right. you miss one fucking thing you out of the goddamn loop Right. you're like you out of the loop and there's some people like oh I'm gonna miss this Marvel movie I was like you better not you better fucking not <laughs> you know cause there's people that are talking about I'm not gonna see Blade cause it's not rated R you know like well, it yeah. might be connected. Yeah, I mean, like it, it is going to be connected because everything connects in this whole goddamn universe. Right. You know, so like you can't you can't miss a goddamn thing. If they made a fucking Squirrel Girl movie, <laughs> if they, <laughs> you if, wouldn't get it. You're like if you if they made a fucking Squirrel Girl movie, I'll go see that. You know, right. like I was like because it's gonna be connected. They made a new Howard. They made Howard the Duck. You know, you gotta go see Howard the Duck because that. Oh shit, that might lead to a new Avengers movie. I don't know, man. Mm-hmm. Howard Duck, Howard the Duck might join the Avengers. I don't know, but uh, you know, <laughs> but, but uh, you can't miss nothing. Uh, people slept on Ant Man. It was like you're like you gonna miss something. It, yeah. Like, that's why I love I love Kevin Feige and, and, and Marvel's uh, fucking attention to fucking detail. Yes, I love that shit. Mm-hmm. And then um, they did that because they were just going through Wanda's past, mm-hmm. how she got uh, picked up by how her and uh, Pedro got picked up by Hydra. Yes, you know, and they did the experiments on them. They mm-hmm. even had the Mind Stone, you know, the scepter. That's the Loki scepter, and then like they used that on Wanda. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and then, like, they kind of, they kind of, uh, showed you shit that you didn't see what happened after Endgame, mm-hmm. you know, with Wanda, and, like, she's trying to go get Vision's body, and, um, she's trying to go get Vision's body because she says she just wants to bury it. Yeah. You know, she wants to give him a proper burial because what, because fucking... Uh, Thanos just threw that motherfucker's body away like garbage. Yeah. You're like, I just want to take what the fuck you got in your head. <laughs> and then I'm going to just throw your body like it's garbage, you know? Like right. it's fucking trash. So, like, she just wanted to give him a a, a proper bar- burial. Yeah. And she went to go see that piece of shit Hayward. You know? <laughs> I think you were the one that was talking about him, right? The, the fucking sword guy, the, the director. No, he's, 
Is he the director? I think he's the director. Yeah, uh, we're just gonna say he's yeah, the director. Yeah, uh, Hayward. Yeah. You you were the one that was talking about that motherfucker ain't no good. <laughs> <laughs> I remember you you was like you were saying that. You were like, he's a piece of shit. And I was like, yeah, man. He's like, I can't let you bury him because this was like three billion worth of metal. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and like cause like because, like, you said he was a piece of shit, like, four episodes ago. Oh, wow. Or some shit like that. He was like, I don't trust that motherfucker. <laughs> and, like, now you're just, now I'm, I'm with you. I'm like, yeah, that, that motherfucker ain't shit. Because he, he tried to, I think he, because, like. We, I guess because when you went, the, when you had the first appearance of him, like, in episode four. Yeah. Um, he was, um talking to um, oh uh, monica yeah monica rambo yeah. and then the girl i forgot her name she's like with the glasses oh darcy yeah darcy and he said he said which one of you guys are the sassy friend yeah and it was kind of like you know kind of microaggressive and also misogyny the misogynist at the same time it was misogynistic and racist right you know? time, I was like <laughs> I don't time. like this guy yeah he's cancelled <laughs> yeah cause you were the one that said you were the one that said that from that jump you was like I don't like that nigga he a piece of shit right you know but <laughs> but, uh, but uh yeah and then like he, he really showed his his, his assholeness because right. like a couple episodes ago he lied actually mm-hmm. and said that Wanda took the body mm-hmm. and cause like that, I think we talked about this like a couple episodes ago but we thought that Wanda took the body yeah. and like she like like resurrected it right but turns out she didn't I guess that's why we had to see that part of her going back in time and how she started the hex in uh, Westview yeah yeah and like so, like it turns out she didn't, mm-hmm. and like the, the the vision that we see with her is just a figment of her imagination, right? Pretty much, she she made that vision from her mind, right? That, so technically, I don't know. We might see next, which, which I find it odd because he's like he's he's her thought, but he's trying to get out of the hex too at the same time. I, I know. I was confused about that. I'm still confused about that shit too. Cause right. like he, cause like he, it's like he's kind of, it's like he's sentient. Mm-hmm. Like he knows, like he knows something's wrong, but he's trying and he's trying to get out. <laughs> but he's a fig, he's kind of like a figment of her imagination though. Right. You know, so maybe, maybe that has to be explained. Yeah. But yeah, man. And then you get uh, Agatha at the end. She's got uh, she's got uh, Wanda's kids. You know, it, we finally see what happened to Wanda's kids. You know, like she's got them <laughs> by the neck. And then like she finally gives, she finally calls Wanda the Scarlet Witch. Mm-hmm. At the end, she's like, "You're a Scarlet Witch." Because she's like breaking all the rules. Yeah. Yeah. But the thing that uh, the thing that uh, got me was when Wanda was saying, "Give me my kids." Yeah. And Agatha was like, "Oh yeah, your kids." She like emphasis on kids. She was kind of saying like, "Hey, these motherfuckers ain't real. Right. Like, you made them up." Talking about these are your kids. These 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 little kids ain't real. <laughs> you know. Right. <laughs> so like, I don't know. Like maybe they will become real. Later, because like they are based on real characters, oh, man. you know, yeah, right. Like they're based on real characters. That's crazy. But, uh, but I yeah, mean, you think you think because uh, are we getting to that or getting to what to what happens at the end? Oh yeah, we about to get to that. Okay, okay. Yeah, you talked about uh the that the in 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 credit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, because it turns out like Hayward Hayward still had the body all along. Mm-hmm. And he was just building a new vision. Mm-hmm. He was building white vision. Mm-hmm. A lot of comic book fans know what white vision is. Right. But uh, yeah, he was building white vision. I got excited about that. I go, I'm like, oh shit, mm-hmm. it's white vision. I was like, <laughs> so we're gonna see where that goes. We don't know because uh, in the comic books, it's like that's white vision is like a totally new vision. Right. Cause I could think even like Wanda sees him and like she's like Vision and like and Vision's kind of like I don't know who you are, you know. So <laughs> just like, you know, like, you're like I don't know you. But uh, so do you think that's how her kids are gonna happen? Because she's going to get to know the new Vision, the White Vision. 
and tell him about his past and stuff that he was only born like five years ago. <laughs> yeah, they were like five, six, seven years, years ago, ago. <laughs> whenever Age of Ultron happened. Right. But uh, uh, yeah, a lot of people are speculating that. There's some people speculating that Ultron might come back hmm. because it is. But uh, we'll see. But yeah, I'm excited to see what they do with White Vision. They left us on a hanger, on a on a cliffhanger like a motherfucker. Right. Uh, no Monica Rambeau this episode. Mm-hmm. No Jimmy Woo. No Darcy. No uh, fake Vision or imaginary Vision. <laughs> you know none of that. This is a totally Wanda six centric episode. Nobody else in this episode but her and Agatha. That was pretty much it. Pretty much WandaVision. I was not, it was not the strongest episode though to me. Uh, it had a lot going on. That's mm. probably what it was. And yeah. it's not, I think it's not the most memorable one. Yeah, it was like, I like this one was actually, I ain't gonna lie, I was like kind of actually kind of falling asleep on this one. Yeah. I was like, I ain't gonna lie. It was like, I was yeah, like, it was a lot going on. Yeah, it was kind of like episode two because episode two I almost fought, fell asleep on. Mm I was like, mm, can can we get this over with so I can go to bed? It's kind of late. It's kind of late. Oh, episode and, two. Oh, you know Agatha, right? Yes. She killed Sparky too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> How can I forget? How can I forget? Poor little Sparky. And it was crazy because you were saying they did kind of show that part yeah. in the episode. That where was like she episode, got a... uh, episode three. Mm-hmm. It was episode three. Mm-hmm. Because they went to the 80s in episode 3, right? Yeah. Yeah, and like, yeah, she was behind the bushes, like, choking that motherfucker. She was, was, yeah, tussing, you know, she was like, you know, struggling with something behind the bushes. Yeah. She killed that motherfucker. So I think that was Sparky. Poor Sparky. Got anything else you want to say about WandaVision? That's it. That's it. Yeah. We'll be back with our review of Boomerang right after this. Welcome back to the show. We're going to be doing Boomerang from 1992. You know how we like to do it. First, we like to talk about how we saw the movie. Uh, do I usually start with you? Because I don't, I don't never you, remember. You start. I start? Okay. Uh, I saw this movie in the theaters. This is actually the first R-rated movie I ever seen in the theaters. You saw it at the theaters? Okay. Yes. My parents took me with them. Mm-hmm. took me with them to go see Boomerang. I was six years old. Wow. Yes. Six they years. really wanted to see that movie, huh? Yeah, because usually, usually they don't take me to go see movies like that. They don't take me like to go see R-rated movies. You know, usually it's something that's like for kids. When I was a kid, they usually take me to go see something that's for kids. Uh, like Something like that. Something that's like PG or P at least PG thirteen, mm-hmm. you know at least PG thirteen. Like they never really took me to go see an R rated movie because I think I've only seen maybe two R rated movies in the theater uh, when I was a kid. No, I'm gonna say when I was a lit when I was a little kid. Boomerang was the only R-rated movie I saw as a little kid, mm-hmm. you know. But as I got older, a bunch of or they took me to a bunch of R-rated movies with them. But you know, right? But uh, yeah, I was six years old in Boomerang, not understanding what the fuck was going on. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that movie went straight over my head at six years old. Right. But how'd you see it? If I can't recall, like. At the house with family members, we had like a cassette, mm-hmm. um, VCR, yeah. <laughs> and um, we saw it with the family. I do remember kind of getting it, mm-hmm. you know, and really enjoying the characters, the comedy, and most likely the, the cinematography. Right. Uh, I was like, wow, this is a really good looking movie. It looks very professional. You know, and stuff like that. And I love the 
the clothes, the um, what do you call it? Like the clothes, like the wardrobe. The wardrobe. I love the the wardrobes that they had. Everybody was really clean, crisp. Um, the luxury, the corporate, the black corporate world. That kind of like you know, um, mm-hmm. like wooed me. You know, I was like, oh wow, you know, stuff like that. So I remember that when I was a kid, uh, seeing that. Right, you know, I, it's something else I remember. And 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 realizing how handsome, you know, uh, Eddie Murphy was. I think I think this was the the movie that really showcased that he could be handsome because he was always, you know, funny, um, mm-hmm. you know, like comedy, comedic, comedic. Never really showcased his uh his handsome side, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that. You know, with the suits and ties and everything like that, whatever. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. Another thing, yeah, that was another thing that I remember. I was like, "Ooh, Eddie Murphy!" Right. You know, like when, when I went to go went right. to see the like, movie as a good kid. Looking in his, no. he's a good-looking cat. Yeah, no, I didn't say that, but uh, no, no. For me, yeah, I was but, like, "Wow, okay, I see." Like to me, I thought I was like, "Wow, this is a serious role." I took it as if it was a serious role. Yeah, but it really wasn't. It was still comedy. It was still comedy, but yeah. like, yeah, that's another thing I remember when I was a kid. And they took they took me with them to go see this movie. I was like, "Ooh, Eddie Murphy!" Because I loved Beverly Hills Cop. Right. As a kid, Beverly Hills Cop. And um, it's Golden like, Child. Golden Child, yeah, right, yeah. Golden Child. I, Golden Child's not my favorite. It's my favorite. But, That's uh, what I mentioned it. Yeah, yeah <laughs> uh, I like coming to I like coming to America, but Beverly Hills Cop was like my one of my favorite movies at the mm-hmm. time. <laughs> All right, because like I, I like Beverly Hills Cop too. Yeah, because yeah. like I remember seeing Beverly Hills Cop, and I was like, oh yay, Axel Foley, you know, and all this shit. Right. I was like, wait. Wait, what is this? What is he doing? What? What? Ew, he's kissing all women. Gross. And all this stuff. Come six. You know, right, so right, I was right. just like, you know. Right. Now, I, didn't, I don't remember seeing it at six. I remember seeing it a little older. Yeah. You know, like maybe ten. Yeah. You know. Yeah, man, but like they told me to go see this shit at six years old, bro. <laughs> so you saw it when it first came out. I saw it when yeah. it first came out. I, I saw it later. Yeah, because I th- believe it was like the summer. It was the summer when it came out, so like I was out of school and my parents didn't have nobody to watch me, so they was like, "Fuck, let's just take the little nigga with us," you know. So, right. like, so. <laughs> but anyway, let's get into let's get into some uh, production credits and let's get into the technical shit, right? You know, because how movies because movies need to get made, right? Right. But anyway, uh, this movie was uh, directed by Reggie Hudlin, who uh, directed House Party. Um, the screenplay was written by uh, Barry Blownstein, who I mentioned uh, episodes ago because he uh, Barry Blownstein made my favorite one of my favorite documentaries, Beyond the Mat. Mm-hmm. He's actually uh, the narrator and the, the guy in Beyond the Mat because like Barry Blownstein is actually a big uh, pro wrestling fan. Oh, okay. you know, so, so he helped. He 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 wrote. He uh, co-wrote this movie with David Sheffield and with input from Eddie Murphy. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. Yes. Yeah, right. yeah. David David Sheffield and Barry Blonstein wrote the script, but Eddie put some input into it. You know, and like so he was like, "Hey, do this, do that." You know, and all that type of shit. Um, the movie has a Rotten Tomato score of forty three percent, which is way too low. Really? Yes, forty three percent. Way too low. Somebody was hating. <laughs> yeah, it happens a lot on Rotten Tomatoes. Right. Uh, the budget for this movie is uh, forty-two million dollars. Right. And it grossed a hundred and thirty-one million dollars. Got that money back. Right. But uh, what do you expect? It's a movie starring Eddie Murphy, so uh, right. You know, <laughs> he can do no wrong. Uh, let's uh, get into a little bit of the plot, the synopsis of the plot. Uh, the movie follows Marcus Graham, an ad executive who is also a serial womanizer, until he meets Jacqueline Boyer, played by Robin Givens, who is basically a female version of him, and she gives Marcus a dose of his own medicine. Uh, let's get into uh, some other things, uh, like this cast. Let's talk about this all-star cast. Right. Oh my god, like, uh, stars of the 
the present stars of the past and stars of the future. Right. Because this movie has Halle Berry, Martin Lawrence, and Chris Rock in it all before they blew up and became famous. Right. Uh, because, and actually, I think uh, Martin was actually the first one to kind of blow up. Right. Because uh, a year later, he did the Martin show. Right. He got the Martin show a year later. But, and it had Tisha Campbell in her, too. Tisha Campbell, right. yeah. I forgot. Yeah, she's she's kind of like a... She's not like a big star, but I'm talking like like Chris Rock and Martin and Lawrence. Yeah, uh, Grace Jones. Yeah. Eartha Kitt. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, because like uh, Martin Lawrence, Chris Rock, and Halle Berry like blew the fuck up. They like, they became mega stars. Yeah. You know, but uh, yeah. Tisha Campbell's in here too, but um, I'm not. I'm not being disrespectful. No, I'm not saying that. <laughs> you know? like, I love Tisha Campbell. Yeah. I love her to death. But uh, but yeah, but I was just. But yeah, man, the star power in this in this movie is out of control. I was like, if this movie came out today, this 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 would be like Black Panther level star power. Right. You know. Another thing I want to talk about, we have to talk about the fact that Eddie Murphy was only 30 years old when he did this movie. Right. You know, he just turned 30 mm-hmm. and he had just kind of like quietly retired from stand up at like 28. Right. You know, because like it was, I don't know what it was like after seeing Raw, right. Eddie Murphy Raw, and you like, I can't wait for the next one. And you're waiting, what, like 33 years now? <laughs> Got you. <laughs> and you're like, when, when is he gonna do the next? And then he gonna do the next one, you know? Right. <laughs> I kind of want. I want to. I I seriously want to know what an Eddie Murphy stand-up special would have been in the '90s. I seriously want to know. That would have. Because he kind of gave you a little bit of a pre a precursor to that in Nutty Professor. Mm-hmm. I think I talked about it in my Nutty Professor review, where it was like when he got up there with Dave Chappelle. And he was pretty much saying, like, I could come back, motherfucker. I can come back up here at any time, motherfucker, and rock this mic. Right. You right. know, like I could I could I could kill him. You know, like right. don't, don't 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 step to me. Right. Like, I'm the master still. <laughs> right. But uh yeah, man, I always kinda wondered that. But like, yeah, he kinda he kinda retired from comedy at twenty eight, mm-hmm. did this movie at thirty, mm-hmm. just turned thirty years old. And Still young, still young. You imagine what a thirty-year-old is now, right? You know, like they, like they look at them, like they look at a thirty-year-old still like a baby, right? You know, like you're like you're still kind of you're still young, but uh, and like this is also like you were talking about earlier. It's like this is also kind of like him in the middle of his, like his uh sex symbol phase. Right. You know, he was trying to be Mr. He was trying to be Mr. Sexy Man. Yeah, <laughs> you like know? Harlem Night. You know. Yeah, it was like. It like yeah, cause like he did, cause like he did like Harlem Nights. Then he did he did forty he did another forty eight hours. Mm-hmm. You know he did this after this he did like Distinguished Gentlemen. You know a lot of the, a lot of that a lot of that phase wasn't really successful for him. Right. It wasn't cause like like they know I couldn't take it seriously. Yeah, cause like like I say like he did, Har- cause like it really started with Harlem Nights. Mm-hmm. Like sexy man fade, right? And then he did, then he did forty another forty eight hours. Mm-hmm. Then he did boomerang. Mm-hmm. And then he did distinguished gentleman. Then after that, I think he did. What did he do after? Oh, he did Beverly Hills Cop three. Mm-hmm. After that, <laughs> <laughs> and then that was that was kind of when like he was kind of return trying to re- return back to the Eddie Murphy of the eighties. You know, kind of being silly. Right, silly like the like the silly like smart ass kind of like Bugs Bunny type of guy. Right, you know like he was kind of going kind of going back to being that dude, but then that movie bombed. But then he did Vampire in Brooklyn. Right, which that was kind of still like the it was sexy, still sexy man, yeah, sexy Eddie. Man, Eddie yeah. you know, he didn't really return back to uh, the the Eddie that we he didn't get to the Eddie that we know now until Nutty Professor. Right, that's when he started like uh, transitioning to being like kind of like kid friendly Eddie. Right, you know, like Eddie's got a lot of phases in his career. He does. <laughs> Just say that. He's like the he's the uh, Undertaker of comedy. <laughs> <laughs> if anybody gets that, he's a wrestling fan. Right. But uh, he's the Undertaker comedy. He's always evolving. But uh. He's like the Lady Gaga in comedy. Yeah, right, right. right. But uh, he's always changing. Always changing, always evolving. Uh, another thing I really notice about this movie is uh, Eddie Murphy really downplays himself 
in this movie. He's very, very subtle mm-hmm. in this movie. Like he really leaves like the over the top comedy to like his co stars. He leaves that stuff to like Martin Lawrence mm-hmm. and Chris Rock and. Uh, this is the first time we see John Witherspoon, right? You know, uh, uh, mainstream wise, right? Uh, this is where kind of like he got he, he got his gimmick, you know, the pops gimmick, right? Bang, 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 you know, right. like, he got the coordinate and all that shit, right. you know, like this kind of way he got that gimmick. Right. Uh, Grace Jones, uh, he leaves that to, he leaves a lot of the comedy to her too, like Tisha Campbell, right? You know, like he leaves a lot of that to like a lot of his co-stars. Right. You know, like the over the top comedy, because like they're Arthur really. Kit, she was funny too. I think it was kind of funny, yeah. She was. Mm-hmm. She was in her yeah. own way, yeah. Yeah, in her own way, but uh, but yeah, but like she wasn't like over the top like those like those people. Yeah. You know, like they were just like out there. They were kind of like the, you know, you know, like uh, like how iconic, like well, like you will remember them, like you know, yeah. to this day people still remember their part. Yeah, it's kind of like Eddie was the spine of the book. Right. And they were the pages. Right. You know, he was like, I'm going to be the spine and hold y'all up and let y'all be the page and I'm just going to let y'all go wild. Right. You know, like that's how I, that's what I feel like he was doing in this movie. So he kind of like downplayed himself and played the background a lot in this movie. Right. But uh, uh, I'll talk about Robin Givens. Uh, Robin, I'm on, I, this is one thing I want to say about Robin Givens. Yeah. Robin Givens is playing Robin Givens. Right. But she's really good at playing Robin Givens. Because <laughs> <laughs> I've always said that about Robin Givens. Yeah. Because like I was like, yeah, Robin Givens is always playing Robin Givens, but she's good at playing Robin Givens. If she ever like strays from that, she's terrible. Right. She's fucking terrible. She's trying to play somebody she's not. Which you would think that would be good for her being an actress, but you know, but, but when she's not doing, she's trying to play somebody she's not. It it, it it falls like she falls flat on her face doing that. But when she's playing her, she's great at being her, right. you know, because like she's just, she's just so fucking conniving and manipulative, and you know, <laughs> just like a puppeteer. Yeah. Kind of like Robin Givens. You know? <laughs> you know, kind of like Robin Givens. Uh somebody else I want to talk about um David Allen Greer. He's just David Allen Greer is just so perfect and underrated. Mm-hmm. You know, every time I talk about a movie with David Allen Greer, I got to get it. I got to get that man's flowers. Yeah. You know, cuz like it cuz somebody even said that. I forgot who said that. Uh I was reading something about this. I was cuz I was doing research for this movie. I think Reggie Hutland said that the director he was saying that a lot of people don't know how to use David Allen Greer, and that's a shame. Right. Is what he said. Because, like, there's two, there's two guys that are always in movies, and they, like, steal it. Uh, it's David Allen Greer, and I was talking about Tim Meadows from Saturday Night Live. You know, he's the black, he was the other black guy mm-hmm. <laughs> that was on Saturday Night Live. Uh, uh, I was talking about him in uh, Mean Girls. Mm-hmm. How, like, he, like, subtly... He's yeah. like steals like the movie, right? You know, like he's just like so low key with his comedy, right? You know, but it's, it's just so he's just so dry and deadpan, but it's still funny, right? You know, like that's uh, kind of like David Allen Greer too. He's just so like, you know, just so straightforward. You know, like you kind of like, is that funny? Yeah, it is funny. You know, <laughs> he's fucking. He's a fucking genius. Really yeah, is. He is, and I agree. With, I agree with Reggie Hudlin. It was like you said. A lot of people don't know how to use that man, and that's a goddamn shame. Yeah, <laughs> it really is. Uh, talk about Grace Jones. Grace Jones is just like batshit insane in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Everything she does, she is wild. Right in this damn movie, just like just the uh, just her coming up. She came in from like the, the scene where like she first shows up. She shows up. She's in a helicopter in a box, you yeah. know. 
She's a helicopter in a box, and a box opens, and like she's on a chariot with like four white dudes, or like just just muscular dudes. White dudes? Cause no, no. I mentioned, I mentioned, I mentioned their race for a reason. Yeah, I mentioned their race for. A, a and re- she's hitting them like yeah. like she's like horses. Whip, she's, she's whipping, whipping them, them like like horses. horses. And I mentioned that because like I was looking at this, I was looking at that part, and I was like, man, I was like, white people must hate this movie. <laughs> Cause like, cause you look at how white people are portrayed in this movie. Cause like, uh, white people are playing the background. Yeah. A lot. Cause like, you got that. Cause like, it's specifically four white guys getting whipped. Right. You know? <laughs> specifically, four white guys getting whipped. Right. Uh, you got the. You got. They, the, they have been marked a couple like like marked uh, a couple of times like where where the white waitress came. Yeah, the waitress. I'm about to get to her. The waitress. Right, yeah, yeah. Go, go ahead. Yeah, yeah the wait. The, the waitress. They're like Eddie Murphy's kind of like mocking her accent. Mocking like, her accent. Oh wow, <laughs> that's lovely. Right, <laughs> you know, like that. like that. Yeah. And then you got the dude, the, 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 the dude that works at the suit store. Right. And like he's just kind of like. Uh, stereotype of scary white people, right? You know, like oh, we don't keep cash in the store, right? No, we re- don't have low way, yeah, stuff like that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they really took one for the tea, didn't they? I know. I like, Salute <laughs> those white people in Boomerang. They really did it. <laughs> I was like, I was like, white people must hate this movie. They really must hate this movie. <laughs> they're kind of like, I can imagine white people going to see Boomerang. Because right. they love Eddie Murphy. And they're Murphy. like, what the fuck? Yeah. I can imagine white people going to see Boomerang because they love Eddie Murphy. Right. And like, they're just looking at this movie and they're just like, fuck you, Eddie Murphy. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know? <laughs> oh my God. I, was, I, had to, I just had to talk about that because that was something that was. So I didn't realize that. I, that's crazy. I. So. So it's kind of like how they feel like when we catch something in their movies and like, no, I didn't really see it like that because yeah. I didn't know there were four white guys on the chariot that were that were like horses. Yeah. And Grace Jones whooping them. Yeah. As they're running and pulling her in the chariot. I thought I thought four I, white guys pulling a black woman in the I, chariot. I thought they were like four muscular, attractive men. Like maybe different colors and stuff, no, but she said there were four, were, four white men. They were all white, and she's whooping their asses, and she's like, "Yeah, you mother," you know, and then they're pulling her, they're pulling her, because she's like talking shit in French. Yeah, like you, you, you know, she's not saying nothing nice, you know. Yeah, she's like, like, "Go, you, you know, whatever," <laughs> and then they're like just hauling ass she's like go you pulling her in a chariot so that's you crazy white that, piece of shit or something whatever the fuck that i didn't realize that so now i know how they feel so yeah, yeah. <laughs> now you know how they feel right that's, that, that, that's how they fucking feel yeah but, i didn't cause see, like i didn't see that because you look at the office scenes and everything it was like there's no black people i mean there's no white people working at that office Oh, well, you had the CEOs. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, like, yeah, you know, like, but you don't really see them. Right. You know, but like... No, the board of directors. The board of directors, right? yeah. yeah. But like, in, in, the, in the office, there's no white people working in that office. Like, everybody's like, like black. Like, no diversity, yeah. Yeah, everybody's black working in that office. Right. You know, so that was, that was, that was pretty cool, actually. You know? <laughs> I like that, actually. <laughs> I love white people. I'm not. Don't get the don't get the wrong. Right. Don't get the wrong idea. That's crazy. I didn't notice that neither. Yeah. I didn't. Once again, now now we know how they feel. Like I, I didn't know that there wasn't diversity yeah. in that building. You know? I know. Like next time we were like, hey man, there ain't no black people there. It was like you did boomerang. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh yeah, man. I forgot about that. Right. But uh, but yeah, I was like, but like yeah, man. This movie was like so. Like before it's time, I was like, this movie's kind of Love Jones before Love Jones, because I feel like Love Jones like was the was the movie that took that extra step. Right. Even though I gave it a bad rating and I didn't really like it, it mm-hmm. took that extra step right. to move us forward from like hood movies. Right. You know, and Boomerang was trying to do that too, but it was it was within the midst of all the hood movies. Right. So it got buried so, in that. Yeah, it got buried. So. Right. Um, John Singleton. Yes. Yeah, he was all up in that. <laughs> yeah, and the Hughes brothers and all that stuff. Right. But uh, <laughs> let's talk about Halle Berry. 
Yeah. Halle Berry as Angela. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of want. I kind of want your uh, input about her her character. I kind of I kind of want to wait to to your Doug. You want to wait? Because I want to break this down. You want to break it down? And how I saw it, now that I've seen it in person. So yeah, but Halle Berry. I don't know what it is about her in this movie. Mm-hmm. I really don't. Uh, I really ain't got. I really ain't got a character uh, synopsis for her, mm-hmm. or about her acting. Like she's really pretty. You know, I don't think this is her best acting. I think her best acting was in uh, Jungle Fever. Hmm. Uh, year a couple years before this. Yeah, that was her best acting. Yeah, playing the crackhead. She was a great crackhead. I'm sorry. <laughs> she was a great crackhead. Sam Jackson was a great crackhead. He was a great fucking crackhead. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> we heard that he was really playing himself because yeah. he used to do that. So. Yeah, I know. Yeah, he actually did smoke crack. But uh, I understand that. But uh, this, I think this is like her, I think her best acting was in Jungle Fever before this and after. After she's gone on to do some good work. Mm-hmm. You know, after that, she's done some good shit. But uh, here... I forgot my train. Of, I lost my train of thought talking about Halle Berry. I forgot. So <laughs> yeah, that, that was it. You just on Halle Berry. That's all. Yeah, I was just talking about her. But um, this is like really definitely. That's what I wanted to say. This is where you finally see her like stand out. Right. You want to say? I want to say this is kind of like her breakout role. Right. Because like she's in Jungle Fever. She's playing a crackhead. She's good in that, but like you don't see her very much. Right. Uh, she's also in the Last Boy Scout. She gets killed. <laughs> yeah she plays uh damon wayans uh girlfriend hmm. and she, she's like at the she gets killed like in the first i want to say 20 minutes mm-hmm. of the movie she gets fucking gunned down i'm actually those kind of people like i don't really know what you're talking about to actually see the movie like oh yeah that movie you know yeah. I'm, the, I'm that type of yeah girl. last boy scouts with uh bruce willis and damon wayans Bruce Willis and Jamie White. See, if I see the movie, then all of a sudden it comes yeah. to me. Or if I see the commercial. Billy Blanks was in the movie playing a football player. Or trailer. <laughs> yeah. Billy Blanks was in the movie. He's a football player with a gun. Okay, it's, it's all coming to me. Yeah, and he was like, life's bitch. And then he fucking shoots himself in the head. But, yeah. uh, yeah. I'll talk about that when I do Last Boy Scout. But, uh, <laughs> whenever that might be. But, yeah, man. But, like, this is kind of like the first movie where you really see her see her. Right. You know, uh, oh yeah, she did strictly business before this, I think, but fuck that. But, uh, but like, this is kind of like where you really see her. Um, the mark, uh, the Marcus, I'm not gonna, I'm, I'm not gonna lie. Mm-hmm. The Marcus Angela, like, love story came out of nowhere for me. The Marcus of Angela love story? Yeah, uh, it came out of nowhere for me. Mm-hmm. Because even when I was even when I was a kid, because I've seen this movie like a ton of times as a kid, right. and I was like, how the, how the fuck that happened? Right. You know, like, I, was like I, I think the last time I saw this movie, I was like fourteen. Even then, I was like, how the fuck that happened? Right. You know, because they didn't show any kind of like physical attraction to each other or anything like that. She was messing with uh, David Allen Greer's character, you know, because like I was like, oh look, look like they might get together. They don't. Uh, yeah, I thought they would, you know, get together. I mean, they should. But yeah, know, they should have. They, they were the, the perfect match. They but, were. But yeah, she ends up with like Eddie Murphy's character, and and it matched to me. It fit. It didn't fit. I don't think he deserved that. No, he didn't deserve Angel. I don't. I don't think they were perfect for each other. I really don't think that Marcus deserved a happy ending. Damn. I really don't, cause right, cause the way he fucking treated women, like it was like, who the fuck cares if uh, uh, Jacqueline was treating him like shit? Right. You know who who really fuck cares? He treats women like shit. Right. He's getting a, he's getting a dose of his own medicine. Right. You know, and you know, cause even David Allen Greer's character kind of kind of says that. He was like, "No, nah, man, you're not gonna do her like that. You're like, right. she's a good girl. You know, right. like you're not gonna you're not gonna dirty her up like you do other girls. You know." Right. And like, I really kind of felt him on that. You know, because right. <laughs> like, I really don't think he deserved a happy ending. That's, that's all I got to so say. So, how about you think that. the movie should have ended? I think he should have. I really don't know how the movie should have ended. Really, 
I think uh, self-reflection, maybe. Right. You're like, damn. And then he sees a girl, just a random girl, and then he treats her better. I don't know. Yeah, maybe, yeah. And that, then he doesn't dirty her up. And yeah. Get, and get married, I guess. Yeah. Oh, oh, that ending was like, that ending was very cliche to me. Mm-hmm. This cliche romantic comedy shit. Mm-hmm. I love you. I can't breathe without you. All that <laughs> bullshit. You know, he didn't deserve I'm scared. that. Scared. <laughs> and I'm miserable. And I'm miserable. <laughs> you know, that, that shit. But yeah, man. Another uh, thing I want to talk about this movie had one of the best soundtracks ever. It did. I remember, I actually remember my dad having this. It's my turn. Yes. Thank you, PM like, Dog. Yeah, PM Dog. Yeah. <laughs> I, re- I actually remember my dad having. Was this. it was it the perfect setting? How they how they edit that song to that part where they're with their boys and yeah. stuff and everything, and they were making up because they because they let the girl between them get and between them, them yeah. and stuff like that. Right. Right. But yeah, I was, that was dope. What I was saying was, I was like, I remember my dad having this soundtrack. Man, he played the shit out of it. Oh, okay. You know, and then like, um, cause like this kind of like this soundtrack kind of introduced Tony Braxton, right? You remember? Cause like, Tony Braxton had like, a, give you my yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She had this song, uh, Babyface. Right. Uh, she had uh, was it Love Should Have Brought You Home Last Night? Right. That's right. You know, she had that on there. You know, they had like, a lot of New Jack Swing. A lot of New Jack Swing. Right. Yeah. It's kind of introduced Boys to Men too. Yeah. You know, Boys to Men and Tony Braxton kind of got like their start. Right. With this soundtrack. And then, like, Tony Braxton's album came out. I remember my mom playing the shit out of that. She even had a Tony Braxton haircut. You know what I mean? She's like, I'm going to get the Tony Braxton. But, uh, you know what I <laughs> But, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, it was a pretty good fucking soundtrack. I remember that. Uh, this movie also uh, is the reason that a whole generation of men like nice feet. Yeah. Including me. Right. Because I even did that with you. Right. Remember our first date? Mm-hmm. And I was looking at your feet. I did that with you, too. You did that with me? Right. You were looking at my feet. Yeah, I don't like men with ugly feet. <laughs> Which is sad, because a lot of men with ugly feet, so... A lot of ugly and stinky feet out there, so... Damn. So my, my data range is quite small, anyway. Mm, top half the test. <laughs> Yeah, you did. You okay. Cool. I got nice feet, y'all. Right. <laughs> I got nice feet, y'all. Right. But yeah, man, I remember we were, when I took you on our first date. Yeah. I was looking at your feet because you had the open toe sandals on. Right. And I was like, let me see what them feet look like. If them feet, I swear. Right. Like, hand on the Bible. Right. If I got to testify in court. Right. Uh, I swear, I said, if this girl ain't got no nice feet, I'm walking out of here. Right. That's what I said. Right. I said that shit. I was like, if this girl doesn't have any nice feet, I'm getting up and walking the fuck out. Well, my, my mom, because she's from, like, she's like a, a, a boomer. Yeah. She so had, like, boomers and Generation X. And yeah. she told yeah. me how, like, men in those generations don't like women with ugly feet. Yeah. You know, so she's like, I want to make sure you wear shoes that fit you. And make sure your toes doesn't rub. I don't want my daughter with ugly bunions and corns on your feet, you know. Yeah. So she like taught me how to take care of my feet so I can have nice feet. Dope. <laughs> Thank you, mother. Cause you're sitting here with me, honey. <laughs> but uh anyway, <laughs> cause I was like, I was I was saying, I'm like, I don't care how fine she is, I don't care how fat the booty is. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't care how pretty the face is. And right. like, cause, like you had all that, but I was like, let me see what the feet look like. And I was like, Okay, I'm staying. You know, so like right. I will sit here and, and watch this stupid movie <laughs> that I was not interested in, uh, that I was just trying to get close to you with. But, uh, right. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but yeah, man, I'm like, that's all I got. You can do your analysis. Okay, so when I. Yeah, when I saw the movie, it was with family members and stuff like that, and I remember, like, certain, uh, like, focal points, like, of comedy, like, the feet, the feet tests and stuff like that, and, um, just all the comedians that was in the show, whatever, I kind of understood, and then again, I didn't, 
I did enjoy the characters. I enjoyed the comedy, the cinematography, the wardrobe, the camera angles and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I was just, you know, like in awe with the um, black corporate and stuff like that and really getting seen, really having a visual of what it looks like in the inside and what they're doing and stuff. Because mm-hmm. I, I have people, I have family members as in, you know, corporate, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, corporate settings. Yeah, corporate settings and stuff. So it's real, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, but I never, I heard of it, you know, through family members, but I've never uh, seen it. And they too, like, work in a, a, with like a diverse corporate setting or mostly black corporate setting, stuff like that. Right. And um, just, you know... I realized everybody was in shape for the most part. You know what I said? Yeah. They, were, they were all good looking. Yeah, there were no fat people. Yeah, there. there was like hardly no fat people there unless they were less like like a receptionist. And I remember yeah. my auntie because she comes from that uh, setting too. And mm-hmm. she's all like, she's like always telling me about, you know, like you need to lose weight or stuff like that because you might get a corporate corporate job. And or she was saying like they would not hire you if you're like overweight. That was like back in those times. Like they wouldn't hire you if you were overweight. If you didn't look good, then you weren't good for business and stuff like that. Whatever. Yeah, now you can sue them for body shaming. Now you can sue them for body shaming and stuff like that. Yeah. So so that's actually accurate. You know what I mean? It's right. actually all the stuff that you see in that movie is accurate. It's right. not it's not a imagination, a figment, a figment of your imagination or or try to paint a picture oh look this is what black people can be like no that that actually that actually exists you right. know like black corporate businesses corporations good looking people they would not and that was back in those times like in the 90s early 90s and stuff like that whatever right and they they have that i don't know if they have it now they probably do you know stuff like that but <clears throat> but i i remember seeing that so um I I really enjoyed the movie as a kid. I didn't understand it. I just I I was just like at you know observing yeah. you know the movie. That's all it was. Now as an adult <laughs> I was like, okay, so Marcus is a hoe. You know what I mean? Listen, <laughs> as an adult, I was like, okay, uh, Eddie Murphy's character. Marcus is a hoe. At the beginning of the movie, the first thing you see is him blowing off a girl, lying. Right. You know, he's sitting in his office and she's like pretty much talking to him and he's like, Oh no, I I was in a very bad accident and stuff <laughs> like that and everything and everything was jammed up and then she and he's like, Okay, so where can I see you and stuff? Right. And it was like, All right. He had like the dog. Oh, what I noticed too, it had like a lot of subliminal scenes in there. Right. Like the joke in itself was more in action, not in telling. Like you had to really pay attention to get it too. It was, yeah, it was a lot of show don't tell. It was a lot of show don't tell parts in the uh, thing. That's what I liked about it. I feel, yeah, I felt, I felt that the movie was well written. Yes. yes. Because. For the most part, I mean, I, I'm, I'm not trying to shame like black cinema. I I feel like uh, black cinema and scripts can be uh, lacking. Yeah, yeah, it could be lacking. Oh yeah, yeah, I feel that too. Yeah, so for for me, I've realized that you know this movie is well written, like right. for a black film, it's well written and is real is well directed. Yes, you know what I mean. And the the photography, the cinema's photography is perfect. Yes. Very expensive for yeah. a black film. Oh yes. Very yes, expensive. Yes. Well, it costs forty two million dollars. Clean. Yes. Like haircuts are clean, hairstyles are clean. You can tell like they had, they had some black people on the Wardrobes set. Wardrobes <laughs> are crisp. Yeah. You know, especially Grace Jones, all her outfits, even when she came in. And she was dressed up like Egyptian. It was like she was like she was like half Egyptian, half Greek and Roman. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> they just they just threw all that mythology together, but they made it work. You sprinkle sprinkle a little African in there. Well, Egyptian is Egyptian African. Is African. Is African but yeah. And 
and her hair, her makeup, and you know, Grace Jones is beautiful. You could you could you could put anything on Grace Jones, and she'd just make it work, you know. Right. And um, her dress, when you know that famous scene where she's like, puss, puss, puss. Oh yeah. I was just staring at her scene. dress. I was like, oh my god, this her dress. And when she raised her leg up, he's like, put her, put your leg up. Like, well, you don't want this. And she yeah. raised her leg up and showed her. Up a pussy yeah, like this. Yeah. And I'm looking at her shoes. I'm like, damn, what's she doing? Let me see these shoes. I'm like, yeah. oh my God, those shoes are on point. Yeah. I was just so at all with their outfits and stuff like that. Everybody was just well-dressed. Even um, Eddie Murphy's haircut. Yeah. I was like. Eddie Murphy's haircut was clean, every, Eddie Murphy's haircut was clean. Clean. Yeah. I've never seen nobody wore their hair like that. You know yeah. what I mean? Like right. I, I, like all the fades and the Gumby look. Nobody. I've never seen nobody had a haircut like his. Right. You know what I mean? And to this day, nobody wore that haircut. Nobody has a cleaner haircut. No one wore that particular hairstyle. It looks yeah. very good on him. Right. The suits. They were all tailor made. They weren't just put on. You know, they're all footed, like all fitted suits. Mm-hmm. Every male in that movie had a fitted suit. You know, like Pam. Uh, I'm sorry, um, David Allen Greer, um, Martin Lawrence character. Yeah, fitted suits. Right. You know what I mean? Like it was, it was, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. I was just like, like to like even as a, even as a dude, I'm like, I'm still at all with this fucking film you know what i mean this film is fucking beautiful the script is beautiful everything about it is beautiful well acted well acted well directed the storyline is moi i love the fucking storyline with the with the the role play like the role switch like the role reversals yeah uh when i when i the first thing i thought was two can play that game Oh yeah, I remember that. I forgot about that movie. That's the first. That's the first thing I thought about when I uh, when I saw that when I looked at this movie. I said, like, okay, it's about two could play that game, like where women reverse the role, yeah. and and that's what happened. That movie came out like I think like ten years after. Right. But uh, yeah. And, and what I love about the the role reverse yeah. of these characters that Marcus was no longer the player anymore. He wound up becoming the vulnerable girlfriend. I love it because, <laughs> because, I, and it was, it was just crazy because Robin Gibbons character, Jack, Jacqueline, she's like the pimp slash player, you know what right. I mean? And she, she's dogging up out of Marcus. You know what I mean? She's dogging him out. You can say, you can say fuck. Yeah. Like she's dogging the fuck out of Marcus. And and, and this is a thing too. This is a thing too. It Marcus was not only a vulnerable girlfriend; he was actually he was actually a vulnerable woman in the workforce. You remember he got passed around at the job. Yeah. Remember he slept with Lady Louise, which he is Earth Equipment. Yeah, he Earth, slept with uh, Lady Eloise. Yeah. Lady Eloise, and then he wound up sleeping with his boss, which is his girlfriend, which is Jacqueline. Yeah. And then Straze, which is Grace Jones. She's all like, well, were you going to let me fuck? Since you over here fucking everybody, <laughs> was she going to let me fuck? And it was like, that happens. Like, yeah. there, there's so many stories that women go through this where the they get yeah. passed around in the workforce. Right. And then people who they love and trust would, you know, smash and dash them and then pass them to the next, like, pass them to their friend and their coworker. Marcus was a busted baby. Yeah, Marcus. <laughs> Marcus. <laughs> He was like they call it they, they call they call them cum dumpsters. I, what would you call this for a male version of a cum dumpster? Like would you call it a fucking ovary dumpster? A ovary dumpster, <laughs> <laughs> like a pad dumpster. Yeah, like what would you call it? You know, I don't know what you fucking but, call well, that's it. That's what the fuck he was. He was a pad dumpster. You know yeah. what I mean? Then on top of that, you had Angela. Angela was I'm gonna have to say it. Angela, which is Holly Berry character, was the Captain Sabaho. <laughs> she was the simp in this situation. She yeah. actually like saved saved Marcus, you know, right. like and she she even she even came to Jacqueline like, look, you're I don't appreciate you Which treat you like treating her, treating him like that. Yeah. He, he he's not he he's not a boy toy. Don't do him like that. Right. You're you're affecting his job. And she's like, oh, okay. Well, you, you like him, huh? 
Oh, okay, whatever, stuff like that. Right. Then she had her little dirt on her too because even though she's trying to play Captain Save a Ho with Marcus, she's like dogging out. Oh, yeah, she's dogging Gerard, Gerard, Gerard out. Jogging, dogging Gerard out. Yeah. Because, you know, which is David Allen Grill's character, she's yeah. like dogging him out. Right. And. And though it's sad because she like broke his heart, right? You know what I mean? Like, like what you do have these Captain Save a Hose, they have a girl who's waiting on them, them, and they're hurting her for the hoe, you know what I'm saying? So, that usually how that goes, right? And then you have Tyler, which is Martin Lawrence's character, he's the He's the sassy black girlfriend. Like that's yeah. what he is. Like that's that's who Martin is. Martin is the sassy black girlfriend. So it was clearly a reverse gender a gender role. Yeah. Everything was completely reversed. Right. That's a great analysis. Yeah, it was. Complete, it was completely reversed. That was that was that was spot on. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah man. That was... <laughs> Bravo! <laughs> that's all I got to say. That was great. Right. That's all you got. Yeah, that's all I got. That's all I got. Yeah. All right. Uh, we're gonna give. We're gonna give scores. Right. Uh. uh what, what, what would you give it? I give it a five out of five. So we agree because right. like I think this movie's damn near perfect, man. Five out of five. I give it a five and, out of five. And screw that. Rotten tomato score, just screw it. Like we, we we already know why they dumbed it down. We already know why. Yeah, rotten rotten tomatoes, a little, right? Could be a little biased sometimes. Yeah, like we already know why. They can suck a dick sometimes. You know what I'm saying? They can suck a dick a lot. We of get times. it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we get it. You right. Know? We ain't got to say it, but, but we, we get, get it. it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. But yeah, man, that's that was our review, of Boomerang. Right. Join me next week. Shauna won't be here next week, by the way. <laughs> so, all right, we'll see you next time, guys. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll see you in October or whenever you want to jump on a movie. Okay. Uh, okay. But next week, I will be reviewing 1993's Who's the Man? So, until then, peace. Peace. <laughs>